What's up, everybody? Welcome to the No Picks After Dark podcast with your host, Aaron Dante, who brings you the hottest interviews with the dopest people sharing their experiences all across the world. Now, here's your host, Aaron Dante. Welcome to the No Picks After Dark podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Dante. This week, we have an amazing show for you folks. We have Mr. Chris Franzoni, eater in chief. You probably know him by his Instagram account, Eat More Baltimore. And we talk about all things Baltimore, talk about food, talk about different restaurants and how he got into doing this blog on Instagram, you know, doing photos and people really look at his photos and he gives amazing recommendations. When I told people I was going to do this interview, they were so excited because they want to, you know, get a little peek behind the curtain and find out a little bit more about him and his thoughts and how he started doing this. So folks, buckle your seatbelt. It's going to be a great show. Hope you're not too hungry. Visit your neighborhood sanctuary and do wellness for a luxurious experience for everybody. Treat yourself and a loved one with a massage, facial, or an entire day of pampering with our deluxe spa day packages that include lunch from the restaurant next door, fire and rice. For more information on booking or purchasing gift cards, visit their website at andowellness.com or call at 443-438-4048. They look forward to welcoming you and your loved ones to their beautiful new space at Soha Union, located at 4801 Harper Road, Suite 1. Thanks for having me, Aaron. Hey everyone, it's Amber, your neighborhood urban designer. And I wanted to talk today a little bit about design for distancing. And many of you have probably noticed over the past year that streets and parking spaces in Baltimore have been redesigned for outdoor uses like dining or sipping coffee, maybe even for kids playing or relaxing. And Aaron, I know that right in your neighborhood, just outside the wonderful Zeke's Coffee, that there was one of the first design for distancing installations in the city where a handful of parking spaces along Hartford Road were transformed into the colorful seating and hangout area for people that you see today. So I know that this was probably a huge asset for, for Zeke's and other food and beverage vendors during the pandemic when it was difficult or unsafe to have guests outside. So transforming uh, spaces that are used for cars into places for pedestrians is something that we've seen a lot of. And, you know, the, the really cool thing about the design for distancing interventions that we see across the city, there's, I, I believe, about 18 or so. And they were designed and developed as part of a competition that was run June of last year. And the competition is really uh, unique. Uh, it's, it's, um, there wasn't anything like it across the U.S. And it was a partnership between the mayor's office, um, so Jack Young at the time, the Baltimore Development Corporation, some select health experts from Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health, and then coordinated by the wonderful staff at the Neighborhood Design Center, which I'm on their board, and that's kind of how I know about all of these wonderful efforts. And ultimately, the competition was, um, was open to anyone. Uh, you didn't have to be an architect or a landscape architect to, to submit, um, but they selected a number of different designs and compiled them into this wonderful resource called the Design for Distancing Guidebook. And this is a free open resource that um, the city used to develop some of these interventions, but that anyone across the world could access. And within just 
a few short weeks. Um, there were pings from from Russia and uh, Australia and countries in Europe and um, all over the world uh, looking at this design for distancing guidebook and taking inspiration and ideas from uh, many of our local designers here in Baltimore. So um, these ideas about how people and pedestrians can and should take over more of the urban space that we have and utilize them and spend time outside, I think is one of the great things that we've gained from the pandemic. And hopefully these spaces can continue to be used and can um, stay as wonderful resources for everyone moving forward. The No Picks After Dark podcast is proudly partnered with Remix Bar and Grill, located at 819 East Pratt Street, just north of Harbor East. Remix is a sports bar offering a sole food menu. With over 20 TVs, pool tables, outdoor patio seating, and private rooms, Remix is set up to be your premier downtown destination to watch all your favorite sporting events. Open from 11 a.m. until 11 p.m. Monday through Thursday, 11 a.m. to 12 a.m. Friday and Saturday, and 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. Sunday. Check out Remix Bar and Grill on Instagram and Facebook under at R-Y-M-K-S Baltimore for daily happy hour specials and weekly events. Remix Baltimore. What's up, everybody? This is professional life coach, business coach, mindset coach, et cetera, et cetera, Mr. Gary O'Neill Jr., and here is your words of wisdom for the week. Dating season looks to be back, and so as we're back outside and, you know, people are going to be interested in dating again, I want to ask you, rather, I want you to ask yourself a couple of questions, just two. First question, am I ready? Some people, they may not be ready to get back into the dating pool. They may have just got out of a breakup. They may have some baggage they need to take care of. And so I want you to, before you dip your toe into that dating pool, ask yourself, am I ready? Number two, ask yourself, what do I want? And so when you're looking for a potential mate, what are those characteristics that you're looking for to make that person the person? All right, so again, those two questions are, am I ready? And be honest with yourself with that. And number two is, what do I want? I want you to write them down. And guess what? Enjoy dating. Again, this is professional life coach, business coach, Gary O'Neill Jr. You can always follow me on Instagram at Life Coach Gary O'Neill Jr. As well as listen to the podcast, The See, Plan, Do Show, that drops each and every Tuesday. Back to you, Aaron. At Fishnet, every plate served starts with the freshest, high-quality fish, Source from local waters whenever possible. You get fine dining excellence delivered in a cozy, unpretentious, fast casual setting. Delicious does not even begin to describe it. Everything I've tried is made from scratch and incredible. The best fish I've ever had. Check them out for lunch or dinner at Mount Vernon Marketplace. Get caught in the fishnet. You'll be glad you did. Menu and details at eatfishnet.com. Hi guys, my name is Chamira E. Fleming, but you can call me Mai. And I am the host of the Purple Charm Experience podcast, where on my podcast, I share information and valuable content with you that's meant to motivate, aspire, and inspire you. Today, I want to share with you a wonderful quote to get your day going and off to a wonderful start. I call them my quote of the day. Confidence is contagious. 
So is lack of confidence by Vince Lombardi. When we think about our confidence, it's all about how you show up in the room. Do you fill the space when you show up? Or do you allow the space to consume you? When you show up, people notice who you are. They get an impression by how you, how you feel about yourself. People who come into a room that know that they have great confidence and a great attitude, they show it off the bat. You can see it in their smile. You can see it in a positive way that they carry themselves. And that's what you want. You want to be able to have confidence. So the best advice that I can give to you is if any time that you feel a little lack in confidence, take a deep breath, relax, and then just think positive and the confidence will come. If it's in there, it will come. So guys, if you like this quote for the day, please join me on Wednesdays on my podcast. Check it out. I would love to have you where I share my journey as a romance author, as well as motivational quotes, my sip of the week, and valuable information about entrepreneurship, as well as my stories. I always try to share something positive and uplifting to get you going as well as myself. So join me. Thank you so much, Aaron. That to you. Pipe Wrench is a new online magazine. You'll find links to conversation pieces, playlists, essays, poems, and more by folks from all walks of life responding to the ideas in the main feature. Each issue is like a dinner party full of thoughtful, fascinating people inspiring each other to build on each other's work, references, and ideas. You can read more on Pipe Wrench and subscribe online at www.pipewrenchmag.com. Welcome to the No Picks After Dark Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Dante. And today we have a very, very special guest. But before we get to the guest, we want to give a shout out to Maggie's Farm. We are live at Maggie's Farm. The noise in the background is air conditioning, so don't worry about it, folks. Air conditioning cicadas. So I guess we got to keep cool where we're at right now. But we got a really cool guest coming on today. I got this guy. I'm so happy. We, we, I reached out to him one day. I was like, I like your stuff. He was like, I like your stuff too, man. Can I be on your show? I'm like, but I had to have three people read, like, he want to be on my show. This guy is kind of big time. And then somebody said, you're kind of big time, too. So I appreciate that you came on the show. Come on the show. So without further ado, Mr. Eat More Baltimore. Mr. Chris, how are you doing? I'm good, good. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, thank you so much for coming to Northeast Baltimore at Maggie's Farm. I really appreciate you coming up here. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's not that far. I'm willing to travel anywhere for, for a good meal and good conversation. Oh, man. You know, we, you know we're in for a good meal. We got the chef here, Abdul. He's cooking up something great for us. We have a man, Gary, behind the cameras right now. So it's going to be a good show, folks. I can't wait for you guys to listen. So, Chris. How do you tell a little bit? Let's, let's start. What about you? Are you from Baltimore originally? Give us a little background about you. Yeah, I'm from Baltimore, born and raised. Uh, like we said, living down in, in Fed Hill now. Um, I'm a passionate advocate for Baltimore. Um, I, you know, I love it to death. Um, I'm a lawyer by day, social media guy by night, do a little marketing and consulting. Um, I'm in a relationship with, uh, I've been in a relationship for 14 years with my partner. We bought a house downtown in Federal Hill. We've been living there for about five years. Um, I just love Baltimore. I love it, man. I love it. I love it. I love it. So 
Tell me what is your your favorite childhood memory growing up? My favorite childhood memory growing up. Hmm. That's a tough one. Because I think that, you know, there's a lot of that. You know, I was ready to talk about food, not, yeah, <laughs> not we, getting, I not got getting there. Curveball, not curveball. <laughs> so for, for downtown, one of my favorite memories growing up is visiting the power plant um, live. Right, you know, right now it's Philip Seafood. It was uh, Barnes & Noble, I believe. But it used to be, and, and people don't really remember it that much. There used to be an amusement park in there. And we used to come down, I think it was like a Warner Brothers theme. Because I remember there'd be like a Bugs Bunny and different like cartoon characters. So we used to come down here with my family and hang out down at the power plant. Nice, nice, nice. So... You know, we're going to talk a little bit about food because, I mean, you're a food guy. You are one of the food people in Baltimore, okay? Um, I remember looking at your page like, where do I go for dinner tonight? Where do I go for dinner tonight? You know, and I'm, I'm like. doing my job then. Hey, you are doing your job. You are doing your job. So what got you into food? Like, what made you want to start taking pictures in Baltimore? I mean, like, you know, give us a quick background about just how this all came about. So I was doing when, you know, when I was going out to eat, I was doing it anyway. Um, so I'd start posting pictures on my, on my regular Instagram account. Um, and on Facebook and I, you know, I think people probably got tired of seeing all the food I was eating and I had a friend that who I roomed with up in, in New York. Uh, I lived in New York for a few years. I went to law school up there um, right before I came back down here and she said, you know, instead of posting on your, your personal, why don't you create a food Instagram account? And she had started one. Her name's, I'll give her a shout out, Nashville food fan. She's a great account down in Nashville. If you ever travel down there, check it out. All delicious food, amazing account. So she gave me, you know, we were talking and she's like, you should really start this in Baltimore. And, you know, she had built the foundation for her account. So she knew what she was doing. So she kind of, she just started giving me lessons about what I should do and how I should be doing it and just started it that way. Wow. Wow. I love it, folks. I love it. So did you ever work in the food industry at all? Did you ever wait as a table? I mean, was there any like a passion growing up? Like there's food. Like, I mean, me, I'm a, I'm, I'm a little thick. Okay. I like eating my food. Okay. <laughs> me too. I, me too. I like, you know, you know, I, I know fried food's bad for me, but. Bro, I can't miss a catfish or fried fish or some lake trout from Baltimore. What about you? Is there a guilty vice for you that you can't miss out on? A lot. I think <laughs> for, for me, it's, you know, to go back to your original question is my family, you know, what's my food background? I have a little bit. My chef is an, uh, my, my chef is an uncle. My uncle's a chef <clears throat> from uh, Chef's Expression. So he's been around for, you know, as long as I've been, literally almost as long as I've been alive. So, you know, growing up, we would do a, a few odd jobs for him in the catering business. Um, and probably about, you know, 12 or 13 years ago, my parents got involved in, in the restaurant industry. They have a restaurant out in Moncton called the Manor Tavern. Um, so I started helping them a little bit with marketing. Um, but working in the industry itself, when I first moved back to Baltimore, I had taken, I was living in New York, so I took the New York bar, I took the New Jersey bar, and did all that stuff. But uh, there was a little bit of lag of time that I had to study for the Maryland bar because it doesn't transfer from New York or New Jersey. <laughs> so all that studying, Jeez, you know, <laughs> went out the window. Oh, um, so I was doing that. I bartended downtown for a little bit. I did, had no idea what I was doing, <laughs> like zero clue. People would come up and ask me for drinks, and I would just give them a vodka cranberry. <laughs> if they complained, it, I'd make it extra strong. So if they're like, this isn't what I ordered, but I'm like, there's a lot of vodka in there. <laughs> hey, it, it is what it is. I love it. It I worked. Love it. it I worked. Love it, man. <laughs> I, love I love learning about people's background. That's the thing about Baltimore, and I love talking about my podcast. Yeah. Get to know people. You know, we see this, we always see these pictures and whatnot, but who are the people behind the scenes? Is it, do they have personality? Are they, are, they, are they robots? Or, you know, you don't know. Right. And like, it's like, it looks like you're a machine. You're like, photos, photos, photos. You know, I will tell you, you caught my eye really big time was, I want to say it was your birthday party this year. Yeah. And then you were out in Eastern Shore somewhere and y'all had a spot you rented out for the weekend. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that, that's, that's how you do it. And I mean, the food was coming out and I'm like salivating at home. Like, 
God damn, like, can a brother get an invite? Next year, next year. I was literally going to message you at your birthday and be like, I'll be there in two hours, bro. It should have. There's enough food. Oh my, now is your brother a chef or is it just your uncle? You say uncle's Yeah, so my uncle's a chef. Um, My little brother just moved back from Baltimore during the pandemic. He was living in Charleston. Uh, So when he was working down there, he worked at, he did a little um, stinted husk where he was working in the kitchen. And then he worked at the restoration hotel. Um, helping to manage one of their some of their cocktail programs, so we came back up to Baltimore during the pandemic because everything was shut down. Um, they were a little bit looser down there with things being shut down, but they did shut down for a period. <laughs> so uh, he came back in here, and his passion is really cooking. So okay. he he started his own, um, you know, private chef company with his buddy who was also down in Charleston with him called Need and Butcher, um, and he does just a great job. You know, the stuff that they're putting out is really incredible. They're super I mean, talented. I know this is a Baltimore podcast, but Charleston. I'm going to tell you something. The food down there. Oh, so good. So good. I I would fly back on Southwest Airlines and fly for breakfast and dinner (laughs) and fly back, okay? I'll go with you. I'll go with you. (laughs) Because I've never had some shrimp and grits in my life like down there. Oh, yeah. It's incredible. And everything has bacon in it down there. Yep. I'm I'm, I'm cool. I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that. Yeah. So, all right. When you first started Eat Baltimore, Eat More Baltimore. What were your thoughts? You said your friend told you you started, but what were your thoughts like? Did you think anybody would follow you? Did you think people would be like, like what year did you start? Like, what year was it, and when did it all kick off? So I started, it was, I believe it was March of 2015 wow. um, that I started it. And so when I started it, um, I was still, I was pretty familiar with the Baltimore food scene, the food and restaurant scene. Um, it was also a lot different back then than it is even today. Um, so, you know, when I started, I actually wasn't using my own pictures. I would reach out to other people. Yeah, I would know what restaurants I liked and what was good, but I didn't have, you know, an arsenal of, of photos. So I'd reach out to people at these restaurants and who had, you know, posted pictures from the restaurant to say, hey, can I repost your picture? Uh, and give you photo credit, of course. So I just started the account and probably did that for the first couple of years. Um, you know, just reposting other people's delicious pictures of food. And as I started to go out more and more, then I started posting my own, my own because I had my own library to, to kind of pull from. Nice, nice. Now, I, I love it because I'm always like, you know, what you started back in 15, a lot of people weren't doing it back then. I don't really remember that being the thing back then, was it? I mean, I don't really remember. It had just started, well, in Baltimore, there were a couple people who were doing it. Right. Um, that was really, you know, I really wish I would have gotten into it probably like a year and a half before then. Right. Because the people who started then, have, you know, have really blown up. Right, right. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm happy with where I am now, but... If you would have been on all the stuff at the, at the onset of it, I mean, like TikTok right now, should have done that two years ago. I mean, TikTok, that's a whole different, that's, 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 that's a insane. beast in itself. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I call it a TikTok hole. I will like oh. look at it for like two hours. I'm like, how did two hours go by? Yeah. And I think TikTok may be the new wave because it's everybody can entertain. It's that you can show whatever acting skills, whatever you have to do. Right. You can do it, you know? And, and it's literally any, whatever interest you have, you know, if you're a doctor, if you're a lawyer, if you're into food, if you're into dancing, music, whatever it is, there's a niche for it, and they're so good at knowing what you like. Right. You know, once you start liking something and following it, they just, you know, keep nailing you with it. And that's why that's why you're on it for two hours. Like, if I look at it before I go to bed, like, done. I'm going to be up. <laughs> so, people are going to want to know, how do you make the food look so delicious from a camera? Like, do you have, I mean, because I mean, I have people who say, they ask me, does he have a $2,000 camera? Seriously, like, I have people that were like, ask him, what kind of camera is he using? And I'm like, I don't think it's a camera. No. I think it's something else. Go ahead, I'm going to let no, you it's tell. No, it's my iPhone. Right. That's it. 
I don't use the camera. I feel like, you know, you know, a lot of people don't feel this way, but I feel like the camera, if you're using a camera, you're cheating a little bit. You know, Instagram is a phone app. Right. So, you know, and, and now with the new iPhones and, or whatever you have, like the, the camera, the picture quality is really incredible. I mean, you can get, you know, billboard size quality photos with, you know, it's tiny little phones. And with the iPhone, I'll tell people it's like you have a $1,200 contraption right there. Just, just as good as the phone. So now yeah. what about lighting? Is that very important for food? Or how do you bring that color out? Those, those vibrant colors, or is it like an editing you do behind the scenes? So I think, you know, I try to edit as little as possible. Some things require a little bit of edit, editing, but it's really, you know, lighting is key. Yeah, um, natural light. You know, if you can get by, you know, my rule is if I go to a restaurant and I want to take pictures, I get next to a window, put my back to the window, and the food is obviously in front of me, and just go with there, and you get a nice indirect light. Um, you know, if you're going into a restaurant at night, and I, I try to do this less and less because I know how much it interferes with <laughs> the people <laughs> dining around me. Uh, and my partner, Stan, is like, oh, my gosh, put, your, put, the, put the light down. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Everyone's staring. <laughs> no, I, I, so one of your friends I just spoke with, um, and she was telling me, she was like, <laughs> Let me tell you something. It's intense. Oh, I'm going yeah. out to dinner with him is intense. Cause <laughs> she was like, I'm going out there the night. And I'm like, she's like, wait until you see. It's like, he has the whole setup that goes in. And it's like, you know, it's, it's serious. So yeah. they're all, they're all used to it at this point. And I tell them, you know, if this bothers you, just, you know, let me know. But for some reason they, they still let me do it. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, do you like, so do people come out to you? Do companies say, Hey, restaurants, Hey, we want you to come here and market our product. Is that prevalent? Like when you started, first started, were people coming to you then or there are people coming to you more now? Or are you pretty choosy on how you want to do, because you have your own marketing thing you do yourself. Yeah. So when I, what works both, I, during, the last, during the past year, I haven't reached out to people as much for obvious reasons. I don't want right. to, you know, impose on these restaurants. My goal in the past year was really to help them and to promote them, you know, shine a light on when they're opening, who's opening, um, not as much who's closed, but just, you know, when, restaurants are really struggling to get people in the door. So how do you get the word out very quickly? You know, you throw up a post, you know, I can throw up a post up there and reach a pretty large audience pretty quickly. And that way everyone, you know, can go and can go and support that place. Um, but I got away from your, your original question. No, no, just, <laughs> no, just, just like, you know, when like restaurants reach out in oh, the right. beginning and end, like, you know, yeah. do they mark? Cause I feel like food blogging is a wild, wild west. Yeah. Nobody really knows if it works or if it doesn't work yet. Right. It does work when people come and say, hey, I saw you on da-da-da-da. Right, right, right. But I guess, you know, I mean, when you started, like, 15, 16, 17, were restaurants like, what is this guy doing? Or were they like, open arms, come on in. We'd love for you to take pictures. Or was it like, did it take a while for you to build that trust with restaurants? Yeah, I mean, I think it has taken a while for me to build the trust with restaurants because I think in general, um, you know, and I don't like to, to use the term influencer because I think it's, you know, obnoxious. We'll and, talk about that. Yeah, I can't, I can't, you know, we'll <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll never, I'll never call myself an influencer. Um, but because of that, you know, bad reputation that goes along with that term, restaurants were a little, you know, weary to work with, you know, with me and a lot of the other food bloggers because they're like, oh, these people are going to come in here and they're going to want everything. They're going to order this, they're going to that, they're not going to pay for anything, they're not going to want to tip, they're not going to want to do that. Um, so I think, you know, you, I, I've kind of, have had to battle that reputation mm -hmm. um and i think i've done it at this point i hope i hope i have because i have you know i built trust i have a lot of really good relationship with the rest with restaurants that i don't have a working relationship with that's good no, no that, that's yeah. great to know that is really good to know because you know we'll talk about we'll talk about influencers a little bit later on we'll talk about black restaurants a little bit later yeah. on too because i want to cover a lot you know 
We only got so much time for this guy. This guy is hard to catch up with. So we got to get everything in while we're here. And again, again, shout out to Maggie's Farm for having us here this evening on Tuesday night, opening up for us, having this great conversation because we're also where you want to have eat more Baltimore, but in a restaurant and have them come Northeast Baltimore because it's magic up here. So you during this blog, I thought this was your full-time job. I really did. Yeah. I really did. Could you have ever saw this as you like, you have 95,000 followers now. Did you ever think this would ever happen? No, not really. Like, do you, you like, like, well, like, when did you know, like, kids, kids, close your ears when shit got real? Like, when shit got real. Like, you're like 20,000. And then you're like, I got 50,000. I got 75,000. Like, when did you start having that situation where you, like, people are like, damn, people are really digging what I'm putting out in the streets right now? Yeah, I mean, I think when I hit, I think when I hit 50,000, I thought that it was pretty legit. I think that's before then I was kind of like, you know, I wanted to hit that mark. Um, so once I did that, I was like, okay, things are going well. And, you know, I didn't hit that probably until within the last year or so, um, you know, because we've been doing nothing. So, well, yeah, I mean, is there <laughs> like, a little time. is there like, you know, when you hit, so you hit 50,000 and at that point you're like, what do I do? Like, do I mean, I'm sure people are offering you left and right. Hey, you got, can you come to our restaurant? Show us love. Or, you know, hey, new restaurant here. You're, you're always on the list of new restaurants coming and going and yep. whatnot. How do you choose what you want to do and what you don't want to do? Uh, do you, is there something that lines up with your, with your values? Or is it just, you know, it's a free-for-all, wild, wild west. Hey, let's all get the gang together to have a free dinner. I mean, how do you choose these type of things for yourself personally? Um, I, I try not to say no if restaurants are coming are coming to me and asking um, because, you know, one of the main goals in starting all of this was to promote Baltimore. I started it because when I was living in New York and then I also, you know, lived and worked in D.C. for a while, every time you say you're from Baltimore, it's like, oh, ooh, why? Like, literally, people will say, ooh. <laughs> and I'm like, we just met. Why are you so rude? Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, the next question is, is it like The Wire? Is it like Homicide? It's like, you know, there's this reputation that's out there about Baltimore. Um, and I kind of got tired of that because... I'm from there. I love it. My family's there. It has, you know, amazing qualities. Um, so one of the, you know, I, I guess one of the things that I've tried to do is to constantly and positively highlight Baltimore and what's here. Um, and people are working hard. And, pe you know, when you're starting a new business, when you're starting a new restaurant, people are putting their hearts and souls into that. So, you know, why am I going to, um, why am I going to say no to helping someone who's doing that? You know, I'm here, to, I, you know, I'm here to help people. I want to help people. Um, so it doesn't really help them if I'm, if I'm being picky and choosy about what I'm doing, you know, I, I love that because you hit it on the head. You know, I always tell people this podcast wasn't for Baltimore in the beginning and now it has evolved for Baltimore and beyond. And I did a couple series with, um, visit Baltimore. Mm -hmm. People were hitting me left and right. Like I didn't know Baltimore had this. Yeah. I get that a lot. I didn't know Baltimore had this. And even people living in Baltimore, right? I get, I get messages right. from people living here that said, I've, I've been living here for my whole life. I didn't know that that restaurant was there. I didn't right. know that this was here. And that's what it's all about, man. Yeah. Like, I mean, as soon as I put the show up, five people reached out and went to this one restaurant this one weekend. And I'm like, that's what it's about. You know, that's what's all about helping people out during the pandemic. No, yeah. you know, it's just helping Baltimoreans out. And I want the money circulate back into Baltimore. Yeah. You know, when I first moved back to Baltimore in 05, we would go to D.C. all the time. Mm -hmm. Right. Because you were like, you know, I can get a good brunch. I can get a good dinner. They have top-notch restaurants there. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, one of my favorite spots, STK there. You know, those are little things like that, you know, because I, I, I like going. But then a lot of my DC friends started to come to Baltimore. Yeah. And they're like, you guys have some good food here. You guys don't talk about it. And true story, Coco's down the street. Shout out to Coco's. I lived five minutes from Coco's and never knew it was here. Really? Never knew Coco's was there. Best crab cake in Baltimore. I mean, I'm mean, answering. Hey, I'm answering. Hey, 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 at a time. hey! You don't have. To, I already know what it is. But here's the crazy part. I want to tell you how I found out about Coco's. I'm at a restaurant in Harbor East, and uh, I don't even. Are they even there on Ocean Air? Are they still there? Yeah, I think. And so. I used to go there for the happy hour because I was like, uh-huh. I'm, I don't want to spend big money and go to happy hour, right? And we're, they had crab cakes and all the other food there. And I'm eating food, and this guy comes up to me. He's like. How's a crab cake here? I was like, that's yeah, all right, man. You know, right. I'm used to old school Fairleys, mm-hmm. Lexington Market. Yeah. And the guy's like, no, nah, you need to go to Coco's. I'm like, Coco's? Where's Coco's? He's like, up Hartford Road. Now, mind you, I didn't live on Hartford Road. I lived on the other side of Northern, uh, not Northern, but Perrin Parkway, Hilling. Mm-hmm. So I'm literally five minutes away, but I never crossed over to Hartford Road. I never did right, come right, over right. here. <laughs> and, and the guy's like, and I'm like, so I'm Googling like, Map, I'm like where I live, I'm like this is fine. It's that close, right? <laughs> so it's, and it's not a steaming hour, so it's not steaming because it's like this yellow thing outside. You're like, what is right. this? But you know, I, I eat, get the crab cake. Next day, I go. Next day, it's like come on Thursday nights because it's half off crab. I'm like, these are little hidden gems about that, that yeah. I, we want to show Baltimore, and that's why I promote Northeast Baltimore so much. Like we're in Maggie's Farm. We're about to eat some amazing food here tonight. Um, we got um, Taste This that's down the street. Yeah. Silver Queens. I love this. Yep, Silver Queens yeah. down the street. Uh, there's so many more. I don't want to get everybody mad because they're mad if I don't name <laughs> all of them. Um, Miranda, she is a show, has a restaurant that's a vegetarian. I can't think of the name of it right now, but I gave you a shot, Miranda. You know what I'm talking about. And now we have Bramble up here. I don't know if you know, you know Bramble Bakery. No, I haven't been there. Bram- Bramble well, Bakery. I don't, I don't like admitting that. <laughs> you know, they see, we'll, we'll talk offline. But Bramble <laughs> Bakery, they sell out every. Saturday at 33rd, 33rd Street Farmer's Market. Okay. In two hours. It opens at 7, 9 o'clock is gone. I'm going to add that, add that to the top of the list. Hey, hey man. <laughs> and they come to the Farmer's Market up here in Laurelville yeah. every Tuesday, 4 to 7. And you can get anything you want. Nobody's, no, no, no rush. So that's, that's the beauty. They're in the neighborhood yeah. now. So, again, we're getting a little secret thing. to know. Can't tell everybody. Now, now, <laughs> now, they're, gonna, gonna, now they're gonna know. <laughs> we have to go there this Saturday <laughs> and get everything. <laughs> I love it, folks. Give us a little quick break. We're gonna be right back after these messages. Again, we were with Mr. Chris from Eat More Baltimore. It's a pleasure him coming up this way to Northeast, hanging out with us. We'll be right back. The No Picks After Dark podcast is proudly sponsored by Maggie's Farm, located at four three four one Hartford Road. Maggie's Farm offers a unique dining experience with delicious handcrafted cocktails and mouth-awarding cuisine from falafel to scallops and everyone's favorite honey sriracha cauliflower wings. Open for dinner from 4 p.m. until 10 p.m. Wednesday through Saturday and serving brunch Saturday 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. and Sunday from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. with delectable chicken and waffles, shrimp and grits, biscuits and gravy and more. Check out Maggie's Farm on Instagram and Facebook for daily and weekly food specials as well. All right, folks, we are back. Uh, Maggie's Farm. Shout out to Maggie's Farm for having us this interview with Eat More Baltimore with Mr. Chris. How are you doing, Chris? How are you feeling? Good, up? good, great, great. I know it's I'm loving up. this. Hey, we're having a great time here. We're having <laughs> a great time. 
and I, I enjoy doing these. I, I enjoy talking with people and food people because it's food. Who doesn't like food? So no one I know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get into something. Let's get into yeah. black-owned restaurants in Baltimore. Yeah. So if I look at your page, and like I was a trans- total transparency, did you have a lot of black restaurants in the beginning on your page? Um. I, I don't know. Okay. You know, I, I don't know. Okay. You know, I want to answer you honestly. I'd, no, have, to, no. I'd have to go back and, and see. Um, I think that. Oh, closer. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> you're closer. Yeah. I think that you know. I think the past year, um, you know, I think we've learned a lot. Um, I think there's been more of a focus on black-owned restaurants, which I think is important. Um, and I think in that, people have had to start doing a little bit of research say you know who owns you know who's owning these restaurants um and you know when you're going to a restaurant i'm not thinking i'm not typically thinking about you know what race the owner is um for the most part but i think in the past year we've learned that it's important that's an important part of these businesses um because for whatever reason whether it's you know not having resources or people who want to back them i think that um which is surprising in a majority minority city that the black restaurants don't get the attention that they deserve. Um, so now you make a conscious effort or I make a conscious effort to say, okay, where are these black owned restaurants and to try and highlight them and to focus on them a little bit more. Do you think because of George Floyd that made everybody wake up a little bit more about what's going on? Because the narrative I don't like, and I always tell people this every time I talk to them, you know, we, Black restaurants are amazing. They're great. They, they serve just as good as food as any other white restaurant mm-hmm. out here. And, you know, don't say, oh, I, they were amazing. I'll try it again and never show up again. You right. know, consistency, you know, things of that nature. You know, I, you know, one of two of my sponsors are black restaurants. Mm-hmm. And I wanted that because I want the representation matters. And do you think people, it was a phase because it was right in our faces at that point? Or do you think it has faded out as far as people interested in black restaurants because i see when i go to eat fishnet a lot of people were celebrating june pre-juneteenth party mm-hmm. last week right, right, right. Do another one coming up but what do you see in the food industry as far as with bloggers and things of that nature i don't think it's faded okay um i think it's i think it's still at the forefront of of people's minds um you know and i think it should stay there but i think it's i, I think it's changed the way that people think about restaurants and i think it's changed the way um that people promote them you know now you know, you realize that it's necessary that these restaurants need help more than maybe white-owned restaurants in the city. Um, so it's, it's a minor inconvenience to do that additional research. And by inconvenience, it's not an inconvenience at all. It's literally like looking at a list of black-owned restaurants in the city, right? Um, <clears throat> take that extra step and do it because the impact, you know, can be a lot more. You know, it's a, it's a tiny thing you can do to make a big difference. I love it. I um, have one of my contributors... Her name is Amber Wetland. She did an amazing thing where she has all the maps, all the black restaurants uh-huh. in Baltimore City. And you go on her site and you just everything. And it maps out how far from your house to yeah. get there. And I always tell people, you know, I don't want people looking at it as this black restaurant versus this black restaurant. I don't want that narrative out there. I want the narrative of, guess what? We're all here together you know what, there may be a black swan down the street. There may be a remix down the street. There may be a eat fish net there. You know, uh, water for chocolate, right? Water for chocolate. Right, right, right. You know, yeah. they're all equally good. 
Um, what's the one at the crab egg roll? What's the one at the crab egg roll guy? Oh, Poppy. Poppies. Yeah. All good. Try them out. Yeah. There's no difference between any of them. They just don't have, again, they can't get the loans like we all can get loans. You know, right. That's, right. That's what I think people understand that. Right. And, I mean, I'm just, I'm just thinking of the, about the restaurants that you just named off. Named off. What neighborhoods are all those restaurants in? <laughs> right. Uh, you know, I, it's funny you say that. Um, there's a restaurant that I won't name that I really like. Mm-hmm. And they were in a predominantly, you know, type of neighborhood there was. Well, I'll, I'll keep it real. It was a white neighborhood. Yeah. They didn't last. And it's unfortunate because it's a really good restaurant. And they left there and went to somewhere else and they thrived in the, in the Mount Vernon area. Okay. Mount Vernon. So they thrived and did some great things. And I wish that black restaurants got the same shake in those areas. You know, thriving areas. You know, I'm hoping that, you know, you know, we have one in, up in my area. Taste this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we have another one called Natasha's Brittle that's down uh-huh. the street. Also yeah. really good. Yeah. Um, Cloudy Donuts is actually right, on, right around the corner. Yeah. So, again, you know, the support, the people coming out. How can we do as a food bloggers and as me as a podcast? I mean, what do you think we can do to really put it in your face? And say, like, listen, try to black restaurant once a month. Like, it doesn't hurt. You might tell you how to use your money. But give those places opportunities not just going through the same old, same old where we're all comfortable, but get uncomfortable a little bit now. Right. I, I think, you know, that's a point, you know, I've been thinking about this a lot since we started talking. Um, and, you know, there's an inherent racism in the city, um, which has led to a cultural divide, I think. And that's been split up into various neighborhoods that you have white neighborhoods and you have black neighborhoods. Right. So, you know, people go where they're comfortable and they eat food that they're comfortable and familiar with. Um, and I think that, you know, has a lot to do with it. You know, there's not, there's, I mean, there's crossover between the neighborhoods, obviously. Right. Um, but not as much as there, as there could be, especially in the, in the reverse, you know. Well, I'll give you an example. So another restaurant, I have so many, but there was another restaurant that was in Canton that was really nice, great restaurant in Canton. And, um, it was in a corner, corner, corner bar restaurant. And the community loved it when it first opened up. The owners went around black owned, came in, shook hands, kissed babies. Right, right, right. Neighborhood loved them. They were doing being successful. But they weren't making the money that they could, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, fast money is easy money. We know how that works. You start playing music in there, you start dancing. And you're like, you know what? They started bringing people from outside the neighborhood. Right. As you know, Baltimore. That's a little, uh, yeah, that's a little yeah, no-no. That's you, a no-no. Hey. <laughs> You know Baltimore, I know Baltimore. Yeah. And what happened was the people who were their base stopped coming. And they lost the business. But they stayed there for a couple, like another six, seven months. Or I don't know how for long, but they're not there no more. Right. And I always say, you know, the neighborhood, the neighborhood didn't like it. Because neighborhood, you know, Monday through Thursday, Joe or Mike or whoever came in and get their one beer. Right. A shot and the wings and that was it. And they came on the weekend. They felt uncomfortable on the weekends. Well, it's requiring assimilation, right? I mean they're uncomfortable with the people who are coming into those restaurants. They want them to be more like them. Maybe, you know, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I, I'm going to leave it hanging for the, for the people, the listeners out there. I don't know. Yeah. I want them to answer that question. Yeah. I don't know. No. And I, I, it was in front of my face and I'm like, okay. And they had great food, great service and everything, yeah. but people, the, the regular stock come, stop coming. So, I mean, what do you, what can you do? Or as a food blogger, you think that we can promote it a little bit more. Maybe, like, I know you were at Black Swan recently. Shout out to Black Swan yeah, yeah. and all that stuff. Um, you know, I don't want to 
restaurant saying it's there, it's flashy, it's cool for the moment. Yeah. Went for the duration. I mean, have black restaurants reached out to you and say, hey, would you like to come by, check us out? Has that reached, or have you reached out, or what's going on with that? Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think. I think I think when I learned that Black Swan was opening, um, I reached out to Black Swan. Um, I worked with the guys that taste this. Okay. They're great. Yep. Um, I forget who reached out to who. Um, but I'm always open to it, you know. Reach out if someone if someone's interested in, in having me come in or just to do photo shoots for them. Like, I, I've... I've recently started to just offer up services where I come out, sit down for two hours, an hour, just get photos for them to help the restaurant out and to put on my page because I need content and a lot of these restaurants need content as well. Um, and, you know, that's just another way that we can help restaurants in these in this trying time. Um, so, yeah, if anyone wants to reach out. Uh, uh, there you, Pete, folks, <laughs> I'm looking at the camera right now. You heard what he said, right? Reach out. If you're listening, reach out. You know, I, I always say you can put a bowl of water in front of the dog. If you don't drink it, that's not my issue. Yeah. You know, and it, it, this guy has almost 100,000 followers. At 100,000, maybe 100 going to come to your spot. That's all you need. That's all you need, <laughs> you know, in Baltimore. So I'm telling people, you know, that's why, we, that's why we're here. We're talking. We're having a real conversation yeah. talking about how we started, how we're talking about, you know, what they can do for restaurants. And I really appreciate you saying that. I mean. Maybe our, maybe we maybe we do this again and do another black restaurant. Let's do that. Yeah, let's do that black restaurant. And you you know we, you pick and we can go there and enjoy ourselves. And but I like that service that you're adding out there. Yeah. Um. And I think well, if, I'll go back to, to to what you were just asking. You know, a minute ago, is that how can we, you know, as food bloggers, continue to help? Right. Um. I, I think a lot of it is just putting it out there again. You know, if you put something in front of people so many times, eventually they're going to go. They're going to recognize it. So. I agree with that. That, that's one thing, and there's so much power of social media yeah. that we don't know about that you can reach, you know. Right. That, there's, there's people who, like you said, you have a marketing thing. You know how to market. You know you know what time of day your best posts come on. Like, right. I don't think a lot of restaurants know that. And they're trying right. to figure that niche out. They're like, all right. You know, I always tell people, I had the hardest trial problems in the beginning. Hey, you want to be on my show? Are you like the radio? No, I'm not like the radio. I'm better. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on demand. I can you can listen to me anytime. Right, right. I, I don't. I don't need to listen. I mean, no, I mean, I'm, I'm not your favorite DJ, but it, you. But guess what? You can hit play, pause me, play me, pause me right, right, anytime right. you want to. Yeah. And that's why I tell people. And and people didn't. Their restaurants were like, oh, I don't know about how. I was like, can I get an interview? I want to interview you. Well, we don't know about that. I'm like, it's a 45 minute advertising for you. Right. A 45 right. advertise, and you're getting. I can tell you right now how many downloads you get in the first day. That's ears that never heard of your place, and that's what it's all about. I want again, like I said, we talked about this in the past, yeah, sharing, helping, educating, and that's what it's about. That's what my podcast is about the voices of the unheard and getting those right. n names out there. And you were, and you were, you know, you mentioned, or we were talking a little bit about, about how you know, black owned restaurants have less resources, right, than white owned, white owned restaurants, correct. Um, so. On top of that, add the struggle that the restaurant industry is going through right now. Right. You know, if you have time to do, well, you don't have time. If you own a restaurant right now, you're working constantly as a small business owner. So how do you know how to, what time to post? How do you know how many times you should be posting? If you don't have additional resources or a marketing budget or something like that, how are you getting in front of people? You're not. So if you're not getting in front of people, and right now social media is the way to get in front of people, you know, that's a, that's a major, you know, 
factor to get in the way of your business succeeding. It's funny you say that. I was talking to a food blogger one day and I was, we were doing something working together. And she said, I said, I said, I find my best time posting is nine, 12 and three. And she was like, my best time posting is six o'clock at night. I'm like, six o'clock at night, half my friends are asleep. <laughs> <laughs> or they got kids or it's, right, you know, right, it's dinner right. time. But yeah. that's what you learn. That's what you yeah. learn doing it for so long. Like I know Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, if I post by 8, 30, 9 o'clock, it spikes. Mondays are my terrible day to post. That's when, that's, that's, that's when my episodes come out. But then my episode spikes on Tuesday. Because everybody listens on Tuesday. Tuesday. Right. Yeah. So it's kind of funny when people are like, wow, you didn't get so many in the first day because I, they don't listen on the first day. Now I'm like, do I switch it to Tuesday? Nah, people are trained. Monday comes out. I know it's a 30-minute bicycle ride. You know, that's why I train. Like, all right, train audience. Bicycle rides, 30, 45 minutes. I know it's going to be, a, if I'm going to run two or three miles, that's how long his right. conversation is going to be. Yeah. Now, Food blogging, you know, food blogging. Let's talk about that. So it's your show. It's not my show. I always talk about <laughs> your show. It's your show. How do you know, like, so give us a little peek behind the curtain of you knowing when to post and when not to post and what day is best for you. Give us a little secret because so people might kind of get a little tidbits of how, what goes through your mind. You go to a restaurant, you have amazing food. You're like, I'm ready to post, but you're like, yo, it's too late to post. Or yeah. what do you do? Do you hold, do you like have a stash of photos? And then you're yeah. like, I'm going to drop this today. I'm going to drop this tomorrow. How do you do it? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I have a pretty big stash at this point of photos. <laughs> I probably would, wouldn't have to go out to eat for a very long time. But I could see, <laughs> I, could, I could keep posting. Um, I mean, but my best, I mean, my Monday night is never really a good night to post. But, you know, any night after 8 o'clock is good for me. Really? Um, Sunday night especially. If I, if I really want to push something, Sunday night after 8 o'clock. You know, people are on there liking, engaging a lot more. I never um, thought about that. Well, they're getting ready to go back. I mean, they're, everyone's on their couch watching TV, scrolling through their phones, you know. Folks, he's dropping jewels and gems right now for y'all. <laughs> y'all, don't even, y'all don't even know what's going on. Gary yeah. back in the background, like, right, taking notes right now, <laughs> typing notes. And if, you re- and if you really wanted to get a, you know, if you really want to uh, see a boost, do a contest on a Sunday night. Mm. Then you get a lot more engagement. How did you find this out? How did you find this out about your audience? Like, how did you learn this? I think just try, I mean, just doing different stuff and seeing what worked and what didn't, you know, and, you know, after you do it for so long, you're in a, there's a pattern. So you start realizing what's working and, you know, and what's not, but it's really a lot of, you know, trials. And I think once you start, once you figure out what's working for you, then your audience fits into that, you know, into that, you know, pattern. So, you know, now I probably have a bunch of followers who are just, on their phones on Sunday at 8 p.m. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's crazy. <laughs> that, to me, like today, like my Tuesdays are like my Super Bowl. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah. I don't ask the question. I just go right. with the flow. I know Tuesday, I'm coming up with the money picture of the, of the interviews, and that's what people I've learned from marketing. Like you kind of said, I didn't in the beginning, I never put my picture. And I went to a marketing person. She was like, your, your, your website's terrible. Your everything's your garbage. <laughs> and I'm like, garbage? Like, come on. Like, I'm a grown ass man. I'm 40 years old. I'm just garbage. And she was like, "Don't take it personal. People just don't. People want to know who you are." And I'm right. glad you said something. You said something that was interesting. You said, "I didn't put myself out there. It was all about." Now you recently have started putting yourself more out there. And what has it been a response? Are people responding to seeing you, the person, the product, so they can be like, "Cause I for a while I thought you didn't even live here. I was like." This thing may not even live here. He just, I'm not even a real person. Is this guy real? I don't know. You know, because I, I remember looking at your page and like, damn, like, is this dude even living here? Like, I don't, I, who is this guy? So yeah. it's hard to tell still. I still don't, you know, I still don't have it all, have it all down. Okay. Um, I think what has changed though um, is social media in general. You know, people, 
people want to people want to create a community or be a part of a community. So when you show yourself, um, when you get involved, when we're talking, like I mean, this right now, you know, I've never. We were talking earlier. I've never done a podcast before. <laughs> <laughs> people like if, if when people are listening, they're gonna have no idea about any of this stuff in my background because it's not anything that I ever put out there. Um, oh, are you feeling a little bit vulnerable right now? A little bit. Okay. But yeah, I mean, I think it's create. I think it's getting. You know, I think it's switching towards people want to know you. People want to know who's behind it. People want to engage with you. They don't just want the pictures of food. And, and I'm still really bad at not of only posting pictures of food. So. It's always funny because, like, listen, she told me, she was like, they want you. You are the product of the podcast. Right. And I get that because you're, you're, your product's food. Right. And I'm, like, the voice of the, per, the product. And now I'm more so, like, this is me. This is who I am. And you're starting to see more pictures. People are like, go get headshots. I'm like, headshots? <laughs> Dude, I don't no. do this. This is not right. my right. Ah, headshot. What is that? And they made me really uncomfortable because I've done that a couple oh. times in the past year. And I'm like, what do I do? Like, and they're like, fake laugh. Do this. Look this way. Look that way. I'm like, I, I just here can i post pizza right so <laughs> just put this up there i have i have <laughs> i have two photographers who has a like i'm like a and like literally my photographer was like shout out to two of them is margarita shout out to you shout out to molly um they both are awesome and margarita's like yo this is how much it costs i'm like what for me for you i said i can get an iphone take a picture <laughs> Portrait mode. Like, yeah right yes. she's like you know what no nah, we ain't mess with that she's like i'm gonna make you look i'm gonna make you already beautiful but i'm gonna make you even better and I mean, she did some things with my skin tone that I'd never seen in my life. I was like, this is what I really look like. This is my, this is what I'm happy that you're doing it. And then I had Miley do a thing for me with out Guinness. And she yeah. crushed the photos, like crushed the photos. And I'm like, all right, now I'm learning to branding myself. Now yeah. I'm learning how the game works. And kind of like, you know, with you, you know, people are going to start saying, all right. And that's how I got to know. I was like, finally, I saw the face. And I was like, oh, that's the guy. <laughs> All right, let me see if I ever every time I go to like like fancy restaurants. You, I'm like, let me look around. Who has this? <laughs> is, he has, here? Is, is he here? here? <laughs> is he here? You know, has anybody ever came up to you on the street and say, "You're that guy"? Has anybody? Has that? Is that? Yeah. How does that feel? Is that awkward? A little bit, but I like it. I mean, it's 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 fun. It's interesting. Um, I was at, <laughs> I think this was like two summers ago. Um, I was at a bar in Canton and. This girl ran up and took a selfie. Like, she literally, like, ran up, put the phone in front of both of us, <laughs> took a picture, and ran away. And I'm like, what just, what just happened? And then, <laughs> like, I went over and talked to them to see what was going on. <laughs> she was like, just had to get a selfie. I'm like, okay. You could have just, just asked. I'm not like, <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. We are totally off script. Uh-oh, we got something coming our way, folks. Keep the camera rolling. We'll keep the camera rolling. What we got, what we got here? What we got here? This is Chef Abdul right here, the owner of Maggie's Farm. Pulling up, pulling up. What you got for us, brother? We got we got the honey sriracha cauliflower wings, and then we got the famous Brussels sprouts, Maggie's Farm Brussels sprouts, and then we get also falafel appetizer. Oh wow! And then we have mussels coming too. All right, look at that. All right. If you have any questions, forks and knives. That's all I need. Absolutely. <laughs> we, we, we can do medieval times out here, though. Absolutely. <laughs> More drinks. Let me know too. All right, folks. We're gonna, we're gonna take a quick break while we eat some food. This, this beautiful food. Uh, Gary, get some photos. Uh, we got we got eat, eat more Baldwin. You get the photos. He, he's ready to go. So we'll be right back, folks. <laughs> the No Picks After Dark podcast is fueled by Zeke's Coffee. Have you tried their coffee yet? I'm telling you, there is something different about it. Maybe it's because they roast their beans in a fluid coffee roaster which provides the most accurate roasting temperatures and made with love. You will just have to check it out for yourself and try their delicious food while you're at it. Open now for curbside service, carryout, and delivery 
and they also do wholesale. Visit Zeke's Coffee at 4719 Harford Road, open Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 6 p.m., and Sunday, 8 to 5 p.m. Kitchen closes at 3 p.m. Or visit Zeke'sCoffee.com, and you too can be fueled by Zeke's. And folks, we are back here, you know, like we never left. You know, you know, I love me some Maggie's Farm. Shout out to Abdul. We just had some amazing food. Oh, so Chris, good. how was that, man? It was amazing. The cauliflower wings? Oh, my, oh my God. God. It was ridiculous. Um, falafel. Falafel. Like, come on. The, the, whatever that sauce on those muscles were, <laughs> yeah, you got to come here. Everyone come here immediately. I'm just, hey, <laughs> they came to Northeast, man. It's magical in Northeast. It's magical, man. So, all right, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna finish this up strong because the word influencer. What do you think about influencer when you hear the word influencer? Because... It turns me off right away. You know, when I hear influencer, I'm like, I'm 40 years old. Not that damn person is influencing me. Okay. Okay. You know, I paid, I've gone, I've gone through the trials and tribulations. 40, I made it. Okay. Especially as a black male on this planet. I made it. So, but now you're an influencer. There you go. There you go. There you go. Talk. But when people say you're an influencer, what do you, how do you feel about that? It has such a bad connotation now. And I, I feel like it's a term that people, give themselves you know very few people are out here being like oh you're really an influencer you know you're really influencing people no it's not you know it's it's, it's just i don't like it i don't like it i don't like i wouldn't call myself it if people start saying it i'm like nope stop <laughs> i know I, I get it i get it so i mean do you sell do you see yourself moving into the next phase of maybe being like a youtube star on going around because i've always thought it'd be cool to have a baltimore theme like youtube show or like you're going around Baltimore, like yo Chuck, Chris, eat more Baltimore. We're gonna be at this restaurant this week. Come on, check it out. Oh, uh, we walk in. The ambiance is so. You know, have you ever thought about that? Yeah, I mean, I, I have thought about it a little bit. I think I it's a, you know, between my day job and doing eat more now, and now I'm doing the marketing thing on the side. I'm like, do I get into it? Do I want to do all these things really well? If, if I start splitting them off, am I, you know, what am I getting myself into? Um, but I have thought about it. I think it'd be a cool idea because it's not being. It's not really being done here. And I think, you know, people would enjoy learning a little bit more. Again, like we were talking about about it before, is like, you know what these restaurants are, but do you know who the chefs are behind the restaurants? Do you know what the creative minds are, who's doing the menus, you know, what the concept is, the inspiration, all of that stuff. Like, you know, we don't know a lot of that stuff. And I think that could be a big draw for a lot of the restaurants and could be a lot of fun to do. I like that. I like, I like that. Well, let's, let's keep that checking. I'm going to give you guys a little, a little preview, possibly. Give you a little snippet. I think we might do this once a month. Because I feel like, you know, we want to go and show other restaurants in Baltimore. And I think that's yeah. what it's all about. So, let's, we're going to make next one a black-owned restaurant. That's what we're going to do next time. Yeah. So, um, I, I, again, I appreciate you coming in and doing this. I mean, you're like a pro. Thank For, you. Your Thank first you. podcast. I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm finally not nervous anymore. All right. So <laughs> Until what, you start asking questions. Oh, no, you're good. <laughs> that I'm not ready for. You're good. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, you're, you're, you're the, what's it? I'm the, I'm the lawyer. I'm putting you on the, on the stand right, right yes. now. No, man. It's been, it's been a pleasure, sir. You coming up here, hanging out. I always make fun of people from Federal Hills. Like, yo, you came, you swam, <laughs> you took a plane, you took a cab, Uber, everything. You got all the way the Northeast. And we are a proud people up here. We're, we're all Baltimoreans, but yeah. we just have something up here that I feel like it's a vibe. And I just don't, I hate when I don't hear the vibe about not Northeast. Yeah. I take it to offense because I want people to see the vibe and love out here. So with the pandemic, I know you saw a lot of things. What did you learn about yourself during the pandemic about food, culture, and how you could rearrange your food site? you like, your, 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 your site. Like, how did you feel like, because you were going out every week, eating food, did this and that. How did you rearrange it and make eating more Baltimore a little bit better for pandemic time? Right. I mean, because all of that immediately stopped. Right. It was overnight. 
Done. No more restaurants. Um, so, I mean, I think, you know, what I learned over the past year, year and a half, is that you have to pivot. I mean, we all had to pivot to a certain extent, right? Um, and, you know, restaurants were probably one of the industries that had to pivot the most. You know, you can't really have a work from home for a restaurant. <laughs> it, it, it just doesn't, it doesn't work. Um, so it was just switching the model of everything around. And you had to do it weekly, if not daily, because there are always new regulations coming out. There are new rules for these places. So it was really trying to figure out um, what the next step to help promote these restaurants were. Are they doing takeout? Um, you couldn't go in. Like, what days were they open? What were they offering? There were limited menus. And then they had to navigate everything. You know, I mean, they're probably the industry that had to, to make the most changes um, of any other. Because, you know, one second they were allowed to have people outside. The next second they weren't even allowed to have tables outside. What is a 50% capacity <laughs> for outside dining mm -hmm. at a restaurant? Like, you know, and, and it's, you know, not to blame any of the people who were putting these rules in because nobody knew what they were doing at any, nobody at any time. Nobody did. Um, and everything was brand new. Like, literally, it was, I mean, I hate saying unprecedented because that's what everyone says about it all the time, but it was. And there was no right answer to it. Um, so now, finally, you know, I think things are starting to open back up a little bit, or a lot, um, which is great. But again, pivoting again, because the restaurant model that was in place before is not the restaurant model that's in place now. Uh, you know, these restaurants are now, you know, and it, they're not having as much trouble getting customers in the door. The problem at this point is they don't have any staff. Mm -hmm. So how do you run a restaurant when you're having a few hundred covers? Because some of these restaurants have that capacity. Um, and because a lot of all the restaurants didn't open back up, you have less restaurants open. You have no staffing. Um, and then you have to cater to whatever the new norm of going out to a restaurant is. Um, so it's, it's, it's a lot. <laughs> Do you think the, you know, I always vision things like Europe now, like you're not right. raising the streets. Personally, I want Fell's point to say the way Absolutely, it is. Absolutely, yeah, 100%. I love Personally, it. Personally, I think Canton should close off the streets like yep. they do. I don't know. I haven't been to Federal Hill. I don't know. Are they closing off Cross Street? Is it Cross Street? Yeah. The area around Cross Street where Cross Street is closed and then restaurants that aren't on Cross Street have right. tables set outside. Yeah. Like you said, things have changed. Yeah. The game has changed. Yeah. I think we need to stay this way. I agree. And if you go to other cities around the country, you know, if you go to the Charlestons or, you know, in, in the South, anytime you're in the historic areas, and I'll just like, you know, Fell's Point, all of those areas in the other cities are shut down for people to enjoy and to go out, you know? So... You know, I think they should right. stay that way. I love it. Abdul's back there banging dishes. I don't hear that. He's banging dishes. We're really folks. in a restaurant, guys. We are real. <laughs> this is live and direct, folks. Live and direct. So, rapid fire, okay? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Crab cake or crabs? Uh, crabs. Why? I don't know. I like the event. It's a lot of fun. Actually, for, for a long time, um, I, 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 like, I like crab cakes, but it wasn't my favorite food. I'd much rather just have the crab meat pure maybe i'm just a purist when it comes to crab i like crab because there's no cell phones involved true your hands are dirty you have to put them away you gotta talk to people yeah that's a great event that's <laughs> a great event all right so all right the best burger that you like the top three burgers i'm not gonna put you in top spot. three i know i was but thinking about this is a top sorry sorry top three burgers that if you said like for me hamlin tavern was my favorite burger that's place a great burger involved. they're they're closed right now yeah but by the time this comes out maybe it really open who knows yeah but, yeah. Um, so I'm, I, I plug myself for a little bit right here. I okay. created it. There's a local um, 
food truck called Fuzzy's Burgers. Okay. And I went to them. They opened. Uh, they opened during the pandemic. Um, and we created this. We ca- we called it the Bougie Burger because <laughs> it was a patty of wagyu, mm. truffle fondue, mm. fresh shaved, sh- freshly shaved truffle, and put on a doughboy fresh pretzel bun. Oh my god! And it just like it just melted. Man, and it was I'm amazing. A, hey, what's it when they open? I'm about to be <laughs> <laughs> we did it. We did it. We did a limited run. I have to talk to them about doing it again because oh they would only make five a night. I mean, expensive. It was. It was a yeah, not, yeah for a burger. But still, a good burger. It was worth I'll, it. I'll, I'll, I'll drive. It was I'll worth dri- it. I'll drive for a burger. <laughs> All right, here's a good one. Oh, go ahead. Flats or drums? Um, flats. Blue cheese or ranch? Blue cheese. All right, see, well, are we good? Because <laughs> like, like ranch. I'm like, no, nah, ranch because it goes with French fries and my salad. That's about <laughs> damn thing it goes with. All right. But it has to be real, real blue cheese though. Yeah, it does. You it have to have the be. chunks in there. There you go. Yeah. Brunch or dinner? Ooh. Yeah, oh, gotta man. put the food. Yeah, gotta. Because <laughs> um, the thing, about, I, I mean, me, I like brunch, man. Ain't nothing I like do. getting 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 turned up and brunch. Right. But then dinner is classy. But I mean, you're, what do you think? I mean, I don't know. I've had more fun at brunches than I've had at dinners, but I feel like I like dinner food better than I like brunch. Okay. Okay. You Unless went to I, a you went to a dinner place out in Frederick that was like you had oh, a five yeah. room. I, I was looking at that food like. Good yeah. job. You know, I, I follow your site, man. I had to do my research before, yeah. I look, but that looked good. Thatcher and Rye. Yeah. It's really, it's a, it's a Brian Voltaggio. Yeah, that looked good. That looked like, it was, it was really legit. Good. It was yeah. legit. All right. Good place to go get vegan food. Um, Stem in okay. our house. Okay. It's a really good spot. Okay. Seafood. What's your favorite seafood besides crabs? Uh, lobster. Okay. Okay. That's yeah. a, okay. New, new, you're a New England guy? You like Lobster, lobster, and the butter, lobster. Yeah, when I when I go back and look at my feed, when I was, you know, Stan, my partner, the other day was looking through. He's like, "You post a lot of lobster." I'm like, <laughs> We're in Maryland. Like Come it. on, I Maryland, know, we do crabs yeah. and football, so we do <laughs> lobster. No, I love it. I love it. Um, what inspires you every day to do like what you do? How oh, to do what I do? Um, I think I think knowing or or seeing the impact that it can make. Sometimes I'm not. I mean, not. It doesn't happen every day, but. When you see a restaurant get helped by a post that you're doing or by, by the support you're giving them, I think that's, you know, it's why I started it. And, you know, seeing that kind of validates what, why I've done all of this. What's the best advice you've ever received? Uh, be authentic. And I think that's a key for, I mean, what's well, a key in life, but especially if you're, you know, if you're creating an account, if you're, if you're getting into this and, you know, want to start an Instagram account or be, do social media, be yourself. Because people will see through it if you're not. Nice, nice, nice. Tell the listeners where we can find you on social media. Uh, are you are you TikTok? Are you tell you didn't TikTok, I but know. I need to see you dancing TikTok. Like, cause TikTok can be cool with food, like bang, bang, yeah. bang, bang. But where can we find you on social media? Are you on Twitter? Yeah. Are you on where are you, Facebook? What are you on? Facebook and Instagram at Eat More Baltimore. And I think I so I do I do have a TikTok. Okay. That I started on the on the TikTok. I'm excited. I'm excited. <laughs> say like I say like a forty year old. Uh, hey, but hey, I, I, I'm still figuring that one out. Hey, well, Chris, <laughs> it's been a pleasure. We've ate. We drank. He had some Zeke's coffee. Shout out to Zeke's. Another sponsor. I'm going to give him a plug. Um, we had some amazing tea, some drinks. Shout out to Mr. Gary for being the camera guy. Abdul, shout out to you, sir, for the amazing food that you that you prepared for us in this evening. Um, this is going to be a series, I think, because I think we want to show and explore and talk about different places, and we'll have different topics. And I think that's what people really want to hear about food in Baltimore. And people really, that could be a whole different series by itself. But... Folks, love, peace, and happiness. We're out.